What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Feld Podcast. I am your host, Sam Esquivel. Thank you so much for following us on YouTube and subscribing. Thank you for supporting what we are doing here at the Feld Podcast. And today we have a great episode. It's going to be super, super serious. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Rudy, my man, Rudy Ventura. Yes, sir. Rudy Ventura. And that's a that's a popular name right now. Is it? <laughs> the, the last name, yeah, with the WWE stuff and all that drama. So it's oh, like, snaps. it seems to be trending at the moment. But Rudy, thank you so much for coming on and being my guest. Mm-hmm. I saw you on a podcast and I kind of know your story. I heard you share about a year ago and you, you co-hosted with um, uh, Cheeseman Menudo and then you came back on. Yeah. But, but I, you also sat as a host as a guest as well mm-hmm. and so it's been about a year or so and then you came back on here recently and something about your story something about the way that you were sharing just it just captured my attention and i just said i, I need to sit down with him i need to see i need i need to kind of go on a deep not deep dive on who this guy is because you're a comedian mm-hmm. you're getting booked you're moving you're shaking you're doing your thing <laughs> And so congrats, first of all. Thank you so much, man. And thank you for coming on. And so let's just begin, man, from the beginning. Okay, where where did you grow up? Tell me a little bit about your, the beginning of yeah, your life. Hell yeah. Uh, let's get right into it. So uh, let's go back. You know, my parents, you know, let's go straight from my parents. They're from El Salvador. I'm Salvadorian, you know, and uh, my parents... Came from a Salvador, you know, they traveled, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bus, bus, you know, whatever, bike if they had to. They got here, though, you know? And uh, same with my bro- my older brother and my older sister. So whenever they got here, um, they they chose to go to, uh, like, the Galleria area. You know where the Valley View Ball yeah, used to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. So right there of... Um, like Noel and, yeah. and Preston. Grew up in Dallas. North Dallas. North Dallas. Okay. North Dallas. What was your What was your childhood like? Obviously, your parents immigrated over here, started fresh. Yeah. Do you remember your childhood? Do you remember? Yeah. Was it Was it funny times? Was there difficult times? Yeah, of course. That kind of made you who you are today. We're, we're going to connect your your adolescence to your journey now here yeah. a little bit later. But what are some things that stood out when you were young? My parents not knowing English, yeah. you know, uh, translating a lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, just understanding my way and uh, having all that pressure of like me being that first generation. Like, oh, okay, tú tienes papeles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of fun stuff in between, you know. Yeah, do you, ups and downs. Do you remember what it felt like to see your parents not know a language, and then I'm assuming as time passed, they learned it through you. They learned it through, you know, their friends in social circles. Do you, yeah. Because for me, watching my parents not know English, watching my mom struggle whenever we would just go to a store or whatever, and and I remember people kind of talking down to her just because she wasn't good at, at English. And I yeah. remember, and it stayed with me. Even to now, I remember those times. For sure. What were some of the things that you remember maybe with your parents learning and then you also teaching them as a young, you know, as a young child? Yeah. yeah. Um, just basic things like just going to Walmart and having to 
ask tell them you know remove this or just sample things you know and i definitely felt it seen it in my mom's face you know uh i think and i tell this all the time to hispanics that are trying to learn english now like the way you're gonna get over all this is through the the nervousness that fear of not being able to do it and i think that's in any uh language honestly you gotta you gotta be okay with being laughed at a little bit and it sucks but my my mom she didn't like she speaks a bit of english but it ain't like how she, I, I wish she would have just like got it enrolled with it you know what i'm saying how do you communicate with your folks now is it in english or is it in spanish it's in spanish all the way cool man. but i lost my spanish for a while man honestly you did. yeah because i was what? going to school in america yeah. all the time oh yeah and i was like hola uh mama quiero uh garden and <laughs> she's I, like I mean, what's wrong with you <laughs> talk to me in spanish my whole you know the older ones they would make fun of me yeah. and stuff like that yeah. Well, English was my second language as well. So when whenever you share that, like I, I can kind of compare, I can kind of, I understand you obviously. And mm-hmm. so I know the struggle that comes with that. It, it, it's so many insecurities. Yeah. It's so many like, am I, do I sound right? Do I sound this? Or how, how do I present that? And if we jump to your life now, you're a comedian. Cool. Okay. Yeah. There's a mic in your hand and you're vocalizing what you, what you have inside. So you you went from one extreme to the other. When did you start being confident? Like when did you find your voice? Maybe jump to high school. Did you find it then or were you still struggling? When did that start developing? Now, just now? Yeah. Just like probably this past week or month. I'm like <laughs> fully 100 like yeah, this is me. I feel you. And accepting it. I felt it for a while this past couple, six months, but now I'm like, this is it. Yeah. How does it feel to be able to be up there and say, I'm talking, you're here to listen, you're going to get the way that I am. You're going to hear the way that I am. Um, Oh, on that perspective, like on stage? No, I'm not there yet. No, no, no. I'm talking about just everyday life thing. I think the stage, though, I think you find your voice probably like two years in from what I hear. Got it. I'm not there yet, but I'm I'm finding it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm starting to catch it a lot faster now in this this first year, first year than than I probably would have ever if I wasn't concentrated as I am now. Now, it's it's common knowledge that comedians are are funny but it's not like funny like like people imagine it, it comes from storytelling and it comes usually from tough times and tough experiences and you're just able to kind of trick your mind into sharing them in a way that people laugh what are some of the stories in your past that you use now in whenever you you know you're doing a set Oh, uh, like one of my jokes that I have? Well, I don't want to give none of your material away, but where does it come from? Does it come from your your family's, like, being from El Salvador? Does it come from food? Does it come from friends? Where does this material come from? All of it, just when you run back and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when me and Kenneth used to do this. Or like, oh, yeah, my mom used to do this. Or like, oh, I remember that one time at work I used to do. Or it could just be in a moment, like, on the way somewhere, like, like I like I said, I made, like, three jokes on the way over here. Mm-hmm. I had three, three premises-wise. And I pretty much, uh, when I have a, an idea like that, when it hits my head yeah. of a thought or something, I just write like one or two words about it, and then I go back later and I and I and I try to make it into a joke joke form. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. I have I have this like thing with that I do with my wife, and that's like everything's an SNL skit. 
Okay. I don't know if that's similar, but I'll draw it out and say, this is how it would play out on SNL. And so th <laughs> then I kind of describe it and, and that's how we laugh. And so when you see a joke, do you just see it like, do you see it like verbally or do you see it acting out? Is it become like a real story, but all, like based on, on, on how you're writing it? It could be both because I'm really uh, like good with my wordplay, you know, because I used to be a rapper. Oh, so just understanding wordplay is actually like yeah. a good advantage. Yeah. Because you can make something funny that's not funny just by comparing two words that sound similar. How yeah. how long have you been doing stand up? Uh barely 10 months. 10 months. Boy, that's is that considered a little bit or is that like it's, 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 it's bit, 10 man. months hard? Yeah, well, some people don't even make it past 2 years. Some people never even see the 10 years where yeah. you're actually finally like resonating, yeah. you know. So I I'm guessing when I saw you, you were fresh. Yeah, you were in essence like your that parents like my two immigrating over here, not knowing <laughs> the language. So you immigrated into comedy ten months ago. Yeah, and there's a whole language and community that goes into being a stand-up comedian, especially right now. It seems to be trending. Texas is at the center of of comedy because of what's happening in Austin and mm -hmm. obviously all the comedy clubs. Yes. What are some of the things, what made you get into it? And what were some of the first like humbling lessons you got when yeah. you started stepping into comedy? Yeah. I was uh, sitting on the edge of my bed. I, I was homeless for like four years prior to that. And I was just sitting there and I was thinking about my life and I was uh, tearing up because I was just happy that I, I've, I've gone from, so much that I went through that's a whole another story but uh feeling that and then my older brother called me like out of the blue and he was like hey have you ever watched this thing called Kill Tony and I was like nah what is this and uh, I watched the episode and I was like I watched two and I was like man I think I could do this and then I just dived into it I, I signed up at Addison Improv I didn't go on that was my first day March 28th and then April 2nd was the first time I went on stage. And that was at, uh, with Michelle. She has a mic. It, now it's at the Wine Therapist. It used to be at Buzz Brews. But I remember like being nervous and I drank a lot before I got on stage. Yeah. And I ended up just blacking out before I got on stage. Oh, man. And I grabbed the mic and I was like, damn, this isn't easy as I thought it was going to be. And I put it back on there and I walked off. So your first time you get, you just gave in. You said, I, I just, it. I just, I only had like three jokes in, you know, I, I probably, yeah, I only wrote like three jokes. I was just, I just wanted to get on stage. I just yeah. wanted to do it. You know, even if I knew I didn't have it yet, yeah. I just wanted it, you know? And then that, that first lesson was like, we can't be doing this. You know, we can't be over yeah. here getting wasted before I got on stage. We can't be. And then, and then as I trickled down more, I started realizing how it affects the whole game, you know, because you, you see little things that you don't notice when you're mm -hmm. drinking. You can have maybe two drinks. It ain't yeah, about yeah. getting get wasted, loose, but don't get. Yeah. Because then you get too loose where you don't even, you don't even catch little things that you did. Like maybe you moved your hand this way or little, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's fine. Have some drinks. I'm not saying don't be up there and do your thing. But when you're doing open mics and stuff like that, you're trying to perfect your craft. Got so it. it's like homework. Why are you, you going to get a 70 when you can get an 80 or 90, you know? True. What are some of, the, some of the misconceptions maybe that you had about comedy? Um, obviously, the first time wasn't wasn't solid, but maybe the second, third, fourth, and fifth time yeah. when you were like, because at some like I imagine a lot of people quit because they realize like not only they suck, but you know, funny is a different thing. Making yourself laugh is one thing, yeah, you know of what course. I mean. But to make a group of people that's mixed from ages to races to the different cultures. Mm -hmm. 
that's a challenge. Of course. So yeah. what are some of the big lessons that you gained in maybe the first five times that you went up? Um, probably universal language, just understanding that um, it's just crazy how my jokes resonated with everyone when I first started, you know? Yeah. I didn't just do just, oh, I'm Hispanic and this and that. It was, my came out dark from the get-go. Like oh. one joke, like it goes... Uh, so I recently retired and this is just all jokes I, I, so I recently retired I know I'm kind of young to be retiring but I actually stopped selling weed yeah it's just because I've been killing it in the fentanyl game I heard that one <laughs> and that's just Everyone's like oh. <laughs> it's, it's a dark one and yeah. that's a great way to divide the room yeah uh because you learn how to break rooms and, and understand how to rebuild and it's just a whole play yeah and you're like I'm gonna focus over here <laughs> yeah I, well it's because when I first started I started just dark and honestly yeah. since then well since recently probably like six months three months ago I just started writing more clean material and that's a bigger challenge honestly yeah. anyone can go up there and talk pee pee poo poo jokes you know <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get a laugh off anything saying uh <laughs> Oh, good. I'm like, yeah, that's all good. <laughs> but uh, just little things like that. Um, yeah, you learn to work. And uh, I like working, working clean because it challenges my brain to yeah. work differently. Now, you said dark humor. You know, obviously that joke that you told, that's that's a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. But comedians tend to, to kind of do dark stuff. Like that's the last place that freedom of speech is exercised the yeah. way that it is now mm -hmm. once that goes we're gonna have some bigger things to worry about and so when you think freedom of speech when you think touching on subjects that you couldn't touch on anywhere else how does that make you feel do you feel like a sense of responsibility do you feel like you're you know i don't think no subject is uh untouchable yeah i mean if a white man makes a white joke about you know his white people like and and the land and you know what I'm saying it, 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 even black people as well they they could I don't think there's any subject that could be touched at this point honestly like it's comedy you know what I'm saying yeah like we're here to laugh if you're that serious then kind of you know what you're doing but I like clean for the fact that I can get booked on more different clubs but I also like dirty because it comes out more me you feel yeah, me yeah. yeah. So, is there a clean joke that you wouldn't mind sharing? Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so with one. This is my very first joke, actually. Yeah. Super, super clean. It goes... Uh, clean. Yeah, let's go clean. <laughs> so, I, um, before all this, I used to actually be a rapper. And I'm currently a chef. And now, for some reason, I want to do comedy, right? I guess the only thing I haven't really tried is being consistent. It's, 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 I don't really, let's do a better clean one that I have. <laughs> <laughs> now that's pretty good now. Okay. So you're, more, ten, no, you're 10 months in and you were saying uh, on the last pod that you did that you've been getting invites. You've been kind of moving around. Like there's like that the people are hearing about you. How does that feel to, to, for people not to know who you are to all of a sudden people getting to know who you are obviously we think of barbosa coming out of dallas and his journey i imagine looks very similar to to yours you know because y'all kind of grew up in the same area uh, almost the same age but now here you are now, now you're aiming for the top obviously i think that's the goal for every comedian. yeah for sure yeah what is that feeling like what does it do for your confidence and your self-image oh it's up there man um 
it's a bit nerve-wracking a bit but sometimes it's like it just feels natural you know and just like you get to enjoy it because you know that's you you're not faking anything you can just be in the moment with whatever you're in like i got recognized at a bar the other day yeah what was that like <laughs> and that's just cool honestly i was yeah. like damn and um it was no fake. I was like, are you sure you're not confusing me with Ralph Barboza <laughs> or <laughs> Renee like, Vaca? Like, <laughs> and she's like, no, you're Rudy, right? You throw shows at Vitruvian. Like, I've seen your stuff. I'm yeah. like, what? Like, yeah. And it was honestly really cool. Um, and then part of me was like, damn, should I be getting recognized this early? Because I think blowing up early is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to blow up now. I'm not in a rush. But it's kind of like up to the universe. Yeah, that's on how, how they accept you. And it just seems like uh, you're prepping for it. It seems like you're doing a few things. Yeah, because if it comes, it comes. You yeah. know? But I don't. I, I would love to take my time. It's important for a comedian to put his time in behind yeah, the mic. You can easily get... Yeah. So here are some things that kind of separate or difference between a good comedian and a great comedian. Okay, and the first one is the depth of material. Great comedian not only delivers laughs, but also provides thought-provoking insights and commentary on social issues. And so for you, when it comes to depth in your material, obviously a lot of it's emotional. A lot of it is from you growing up. As you start writing cleaner stuff, do you feel like it's separating the depthness or do you feel like you have to dig deeper to get the same result? It depends because when you're writing your life story, you can either do you can go dirty or clean because you can just switch words around. Yeah, like a lot of my material isn't really life stories. I just barely started doing that recently, getting more Rudy jokes out. My yeah. first jokes were jokey jokes, like the ones I gave you. Uh, maybe a couple of them are you know me, but now I barely started pulling out more jokes of like how I grew up and just things about my life. And honestly, like I like r rolling the clean clean route because. Uh, I could easily make a joke dirty and make it quick, but if you got to make something clean, it like it goes from. A th I write small, quick jokes, mm -hmm. uh, so it's like I could go from like a minute making a dirty joke in a minute or stretching it to two minutes, and it's always better to have more time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I don't know, it, there's something called laugh per seconds. Um, pretty much, the more laugh per seconds you have in a in your in your set. The funnier you can kind of rate, you know, people yeah. kind of buy that, you know. What's your rate? Do you know your number? Do you know a good, like, <laughs> is it every sentence? Is it no, is it a it's nothing like that. It's always different, yeah. you know. I can hit them with new jokes, old jokes. It's not. Then you'd be a robot at that point yeah. if you're, you're always doing the same set. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm always switching it up. So whenever you hear the people laugh because like when you think of like motivational speakers you know there's very there's not a lot of interaction there's more facial the people lean leaning into it and then maybe when they close they'll clap or something but you really just got to deliver it but for yours it's alive as you're delivering yeah can you hear the laughs or what does it feel like up there is it like tunnel vision is it just you or you can you interact with with the audience as depends on the stage always yeah, yeah the stage but if it's like a, a narrow stage where you do see the crowd like bar shows mm -hmm. those are typically where you can see the crowd and 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 talk to them um i like that you know what i'm saying yeah. because you're more interactive and you feel you can look at them and stuff but I also like uh, doing 
uh, actual clubs where you don't really see anyone, where you just have the spotlight in your eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because then you can have that tunnel vision, you know? So it's kind of about, you know, you, it's like a video game. You got to learn how to balance in this little realm and in this little realm. You know, yeah. people in front of you watching you and then no one there, but you know there's like 300 in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's the biggest crowd you've done? Uh, 400 people. Wow. Uh -huh. Dude, that's major, Hyenas. man. And that was oh, okay. a seven, seven months in. Yeah. That's yeah. major. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. So, Shouts out to David Lucas. He gave me that. So emotions are a deep thing for people. Like if, you, if we're not comedians, we're not on stage, we kind of have to suppress it. Or if we're, we, we don't have an opportunity to use it to our advantage. But you have to understand your like emotional range has to be wide. Like mm -hmm. you have to get serious, then you have to get maybe sad. I don't know what what journey emotionally do you go on when you do a set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen people do that, um, but I can't really say that. Be honest, it just depends on how I'm feeling. I can, I do have where I categorize it, where it's like this is gonna be up, down. You know what I'm saying? But. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's really just like one of those like medical things where it's waves and yeah. shit. It's, you never know. Like, you can go up, down. I, I don't really base my jokes on that. Emotionally. Yeah. What are you going through up there? Like, when you tell a joke and you know you're using maybe a, a, a complicated story, are you having to fight holding it back and say, no, no, I gotta, I gotta do it? It's, it's, it's showtime. Yeah, because when you're talking with friends and you're like, oh man, this happened, and then you're like, I need to take mm -hmm. a break, man, I can't. Sh nah, but you're yeah. on stage, you, you gotta go. You tune it out. Yeah, mm -hmm. so how do you, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you handle you just those extremes? Right before you get on stage, you just, I always just tell myself, like, it's go time. Yeah. We're gonna grab the mic and it's time to get into character. Let's go. Be yourself, you know? And I just kind of just, I grab the mic and I always smile and I'm like, I either say, F yeah, or like, mm -hmm. hell yeah. Then Wait. my intro, just to get a little chuckle. And, sh and then I'll just go off there from, I don't know. It, if my last joke, last time I put it in the front, I, I just I have so many jokes. I just, before I get on stage, I, I categorize it, you know? Like, All right, let's do this one first, this one second, this one third. Yeah. You know what, let's, you know what, not second. Let's do that one sixth, you know? And then I kind of read it to myself yeah. before I get on stage. Like about an hour prior, I try to prep myself. So, okay, Let's say you had to introduce yourself mm -hmm. to go on stage because usually it's someone else, it's the host or whatever. Yeah. How would you introduce yourself? Um, it just depends on what joke I go in with, honestly. I've, no, I've no, start no, I'm bringing you on stage. Yeah, I just like, hell yeah, what's up? How y'all doing today? Everyone having fun? Yeah, my name's Rudy, yeah. I'm no, from no, 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 you're getting me wrong because I'm curious how you see yourself. Okay. Okay, and so let's say if I had to introduce myself as a podcaster, I would say... Here is Sam. He's known for being thought-provoking, asking great questions, and believing in the power of storytelling. He's interviewed so many people, and he continues to do so, so that people can see the lighter side of failures and challenges. And now, welcome Sam to the stage. That's, that's the intro I would give myself. Okay. What intro would you give yourself? You're about to go. I never a, really thought of that, to be honest. Yeah. What intros have they given you? How do people introduce so you? I was like, uh, y'all welcome up. Rudy, he's really funny. He performs all over. He's been doing this for a while. He's barely started not too long ago. He's, uh, I always get the, he's opened up for David Lucas. He's performed all over Austin. Mm -hmm. Da-di-da-da-da. Just little quick stuff. I yeah. like when people just introduce me with like, 
I, I like quick introductions. Like, yeah. I don't want them to know who I am before. Let me let me let me just do me and then come talk to me afterwards. No, that's fair. You know? but, so, um, yeah. as a comedian, what are some of your goals? What would you like to accomplish in the next year? Do you move month to month, or are you just in it in the present and you're just like, hey, I'm not thinking that far ahead? Yeah, kind of that. Yeah, yeah, but I also have goals for like myself every month i don't I, I wouldn't say year but i do like month goals when we make it to that month because life's not promised you know yeah for sure so yeah but i i mean i have yearly goals as well i don't know it's a trick i don't really know how, on that one yeah um but i do have yearly goals like i don't know i just want to get better at this point like it's just like practicing writing every day getting back up on stage writing practicing it's a repetitive thing uh, but I also say like you could have good jokes and you could perform and you can kill up there but like if you're not a good hang afterwards like nobody wants to be around you mm. people are always just so caught up of like getting up there and being so like yeah be great you know don't you be undeniably funny but don't be learn how to be a good hang man yeah yeah. There's relationships. You're, you're talking. You have friends, a community, right? It's important. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't want to be in the road with someone that I can't hang out with. Like yeah, that. yeah. And so there's a lot of people right now who want to be a comedian because of Kill Tony. Because mm -hmm. it's just like I said, it's just it's yeah, trending. It's, fine. it's mm -hmm. trending. But there's a lot of anxieties that come with performing or speaking in front of people, one of them being stage fright or just performance anxieties, yeah. right? Did you ever feel any of those or what advice would you give to someone yeah, I got you. who's dealing with that? That's literally what's keeping them from doing an open mic. Yeah, so like you're going you're gonna to bomb a lot. You probably might do good on one or two jokes when you first start. Like, it's okay. Like, you're going to bomb. Like, that's fine. Like, you got to know how to just take it and learn how to bomb with grace, honestly. Like, I'd, I, if you're up there, just like, oh, <laughs> make it fun. You know, make it fun. You're in the audience. You're out here to perform. You're out here to make stuff fun for each other. Take it with a grain of salt. All the, all the negative thoughts that come into your head after you get off stage. Like, that's okay. At least you're getting up. What makes you better is getting back up there every time. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've had a night where I, got, I I bombed so bad where I went home and I, and I teared up and I was like, damn, like I gotta make I gotta take this serious now, and that made me better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that made me go harder. Describe to me a bomb because to me it's like it's like being in middle school and then I I get in a fight and and then like my girlfriend and all my friends see me get beat up, dude. You talk about that's pretty hard to take. <laughs> Right to me, how would you describe a bomb? Because people say it so like freely as if it's nothing, but it but it misses with you. Like it misses with why did I do it? My confidence? Am I even good enough? So I'm speaking bomb in, in the perspective of comedy. People go people bombing could be so many things, mm -hmm. but when I don't think I'm bombing when I hit an open mic and my jokes don't land. I'm going there to practice my jokes. Bombing is more of an essence of like you're up there on stage and you're un and everyone's reading that you're unconfident. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're giving that up, you know? Yeah. But bombing isn't... But people have it messed up. People think bombing is, oh, I went up there and nobody laughed at my jokes or they laughed at a couple of them. Like, that's not bombing. Like, they yeah, laughed because you broke your character and, uh, and they they read, they read saw through the cracks, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. 
that's what that is. So when you bombed that day and, and it hit you pretty hard, obviously. Yeah, balcony how, club. How would you describe that bomb day? Do you remember it starting and then you're like, man, I'm in it, I'm bombed. Like, I'm, I lost my... I lo- oh, yeah. Uh, there That that specific mic was only for jazz. People were there for jazz. They weren't mm. for their comedy. Yeah. But, you know, if, you, if you're a good guy and you're smart and you know how to make people laugh, you're good, you know? Yeah. But I wasn't that guy yet. I was probably like four months in. Uh, one of my really good friends invited me. He was like, it was it was a plan. He was like, I knew, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I was to set someone up. My, my, my head was a little up there, you know? Uh, so it humbled me. Yeah, yeah. And... honestly it made me so much better yeah um when i noticed it was i i had landed a joke and then the band went yeah oh i got a text in front of everyone (laughs) that was my mom (laughs) dude not just once but like five times and then the (laughs) so handling hecklers and the audience response obviously you're touching on that a little bit and the heckler thing or the interacting with the audience is so so big right now like mm-hmm. a lot of people are doing it but it's its own thing okay but how do you handle hecklers i know that they try to control it but they still exist and you know you think of like since like like in football they freeze you before you do the field goal and then the next one you miss it just that's all it takes is for someone to throw you off has there, there ever been like a heckler how did they get to you and what did you learn from it is it like an annoying person in the front is laughing or someone who i had someone once in the red room right here in fort worth uh was heckling and he was like throwing my game off from the beginning and um the way I handled it was acknowledging it, but sometimes I didn't acknowledge it for a while, and it was working. But when I acknowledged it, it was either like a fight or flight. It was going to is either going to land or derail. Mm. And luckily, it didn't derail because like I made it funny. I don't remember what I said, but I made it funny, and then he got removed because he was already like being loud and drunk and stuff. Um, but sometimes the best advice I've heard is just ignore it, just keep going with your set. Yeah. They'll kick them out eventually. Like, I don't know. But sometimes it's good to heck, like it's good to respond back. That's what that's what the greatest content comes from. Like, if you're not witty and, and on your feet, mm, you'll be fast. then I then I suggest ignore it. But if you are witty, then you snap on them, man. That's your stage time. Mm. Don't let them take it. No, no, for real. That's your time. It's my time. Yeah. Now be, be greedy with that time. <laughs> you were talking about a class that you give or a workshop. A workshop. A, about writing jokes yes sir and so you invite people over it's structured mm-hmm. you discuss you give them ways to develop and how's that going um because look it's one thing to do a craft and then as you begin to master the craft the next step is to teach it yeah and so you're early in in your in your game but you're already feeling like i, I want to help and teach people how to do comedy where did that come from? Did someone teach you? And are, is there a mentor in your life? And why is that happening so soon? You know, because to me, that's a great thing. Thank you. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't have a mentor. It's really just me. But I went to Austin one time and they had this workshop where they let the comics get on stage and then they do five minutes. And then whenever they got off, uh, everyone during their five minutes was writing little notes and stuff. And I liked it, but I just felt like it wasn't as interactive as it could be. You know, mm-hmm. it's a great one. 
I'm not saying it wasn't bad. I'm just saying it wasn't as interactive as they could be. Um, so I got that and I decided to do my own thing. But I'm not really like, I, I bring comics that have been doing it for like two, three years plus more than me. And then I bring newer comics in there. So we're kind of just all teaching each other in a way. And uh, I'm just kind of like the teacher that put it all together, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's honestly been going really good. Uh, I've noticed that it helps older comics like see the, the spark that the younger ones have. And it kind of pushes them too, you know? And then it pushes the younger comics, of course, because they're motivated that someone that's in the game or telling them, like, that's a good joke, but maybe you should do it this way, you know? Or yeah. And sometimes I tell the older and the newer comics, you know, you don't have to listen to everything that they tell you. Or you don't, you know, sometimes you don't have to put so much pressure on them. You got to remember, you know, everyone's different, you know? But it's never been a problem. Everyone's worked together really well. I've never had an issue at none of the classes. It's always gone the right way. Uh, I give them 10 minutes. They do their material. As many as they, It's up to them how many jokes they want to put out. Uh, they have 10 minutes to put out jokes. And then, uh, ten, and then also in that 10 minutes, they have time to get feedback. So it's really on them on how much they want to get out. And then at the end of it, because uh, I invite six comics, at the end of it, it comes back to me. And I have a bucket with random topics. Mm -hmm. And in that, like that, let's say they pull something out of the, topic that says i don't know stringy whatever what's that stringy thing a slinky a slinky let's say it's a slinky now everyone has three minutes to make one joke about slinkies you know hmm. and then it's quiet yeah. everyone's it's like <laughs> so it's important to write yeah on the spot man that's what's gonna that's what's gonna push you to be like i want to do this all the time it's yeah. like a game like okay let's keep going let's keep doing this it's fun when i look at the slinky i think of the dog on toy story now yeah let's anyways. go anyways <laughs> make a joke off that <laughs> so dave Chappelle, um and obviously if you have a, another reference that really i love dave Chappelle so speaks much to you but dave Chappelle is obviously groundbreaking the way that he does his storytelling the way that he does comedy uh, has really taught a lot of people valuable lessons about tough issues. N not only is it entertaining, but it's insightful. Of course. So whenever you look at someone like Dave Chappelle, what from him inspires you to, you know, to continue in comedy or what old school comedians I think of like Sinbad. Like I remember when Sinbad was at the top of his game, old school guy. Mm -hmm. What what sticks out about Chappelle that you like and yeah. uh, maybe what sticks out about you that you want people to know? Yeah, yeah, I love Chappelle. That's where like it all started for me. All the skits, the shows, killing them softly, um, all that. From the when I was little, I just I always wanted I, I always wanted to do it. even Eddie Murphy at that time. I remember yeah. hearing his backstory and I was like, damn, that'd be cool. But I never really felt it in my heart to do that because I was doing so much other stuff. Uh, one thing I what was it that I loved? What was yeah, it? or the stuck that the stuck out about him that you kind of like you don't you don't necessarily want to copy but you're like that that motivated me to do this. the no the no f givens yeah. you know what i'm saying the the constantly grinding the 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 truth behind it all just being truthful like where that people that that resonates harder than someone that's making up stories you know i mean uh, his stories are a lot of like exaggerations as well but they're they hit they hit like home honestly i don't know he just stuck out ever since i was little and even to now I, I can't wait to, to meet him. That's going to be such a humbling, dope experience. Yeah. Yeah. 
what are some qualities about yourself that you you didn't know existed that in the past 10 months you're like i didn't know that was in me um my charisma how crazy good it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just love talking like, yeah no just talking just being able to just talk to someone honestly um I, 10 months ago that's uh the day i fixed my teeth yeah. they were broken for a while i had hit the concrete the whole other story and for a while i was really unconfident and i couldn't look at people in the eyes i couldn't talk to them um but in these past 10 months not only that even with the comedy just like having that it's just that extra weight on you that that makes you like when you take it off you feel when you're in the free world you feel like yeah. i don't know i just feel more me people look at me like rudy you look more alive you look here you look in the present i'm like it's my teeth man yeah it's my teeth <laughs> it's nice smiling is it it is man it's a new muscle and I had to get used to it. Obviously, before you got your teeth fixed, props, you know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, it was nothing bad. It was just these two were like, but like that's, a, that, right that, that's enough to change the way that you behave. It's yeah. like the way you talk, the way you move your upper lip. Oh, it's a blessing, man. It changes your demeanor. Yeah. And so in comedy, there's a demeanor about you. Yeah. And obviously this new... But even before the teeth, it wasn't even... I've always been confident like that. Even before, yeah. I, used to, I used to rock my teeth like it was nothing. It was, It's not that, man. Mm. I, it's something more than that. I just think I'm trying to just think it out. Like, it's that... I think it's something inside of me that just changed. Like, yeah. it's like an anger that just... Like a fire that's just burning that I just... When I'm in my zone, I'm just like... Yeah. I can, Tell everything. me about that. Man, when I'm in my zone, I'm... What fuels this fire? What is it a chip? It's is, a, it, yeah. is it a teacher? Is it, you know, like, is it a coach my, that told you, uh, you know? My family. Yeah. My older brother, the one that threw me into all this stuff. Hearing him and telling me how proud he is of me. Um, hearing my family feel proud of me. My friends, my close friends. Um, meeting new people and them believing in me and, like, them supporting me after that. That feels really good. Um, What's the relationship with your brother like? My older brother? Or the one that you just mentioned right now? Yeah, yeah, my older brother. Um, we're tight now. It wasn't like that. My older brother's always been hard on me. Yeah. On everyone. He's he's had a hard life, you know what I'm saying? So, um, just little things like I would call him and complain about. Man, about, man like, mm. you know, just tough love stuff. And then whenever he had a, he, he got married and he had his uh, son, they, you know, he, I noticed that whenever he had a son, he he became more nurturing, you know, mm. and and was more wanting to hear, you know, what I was going through, you know. Yeah. At that time, I was already hearing all like the the tough version before him, you know. So when it was time to talk to him, that's whenever we where we were able to talk more. Yeah. And um, honestly, it's super nice. I, it's it's something that I I thought I had to get through. I was gonna get through by having a nice career. Or going to college, or da 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 da. Nah, man, like my bro loves me just for me. Like he's the one. He's like, you're already going out and getting effed up every night. You might as well do something with it, you know? Yeah. And then that's when he was like, he threw that. He, I didn't hear it till way later. He's like, I threw that at you. I already knew you were getting derailed. You were out there just every night getting effed up. Like I threw this to you, like because I knew you're already doing this. Might as well get something out of it. Bef and then I caught the people around me who were like, you could do this. And then that made me more serious. Did you feel before comedy that maybe you were aimless? Yeah, I was and, lost. And then now comedy the is longest. in your life mm -hmm. and you have a direction now. 
yeah man bro i was i was out of there for a while man yeah now it's good like i'm not i got tunnel vision though yeah what would you tell someone who doesn't have a focus right now something it's that's a, driving them um what benefits come from whenever you start finding what it is you want to be passionate about i, I would just say it's okay like every everyone has their time like you have to go through what you got to go through to get where you got to be yeah. you know and it's all time just hang in there um you know your intuition on what you have to do so just do it um you don't have to do everything just seek happiness within yourself because a lot of people want love but they don't understand that you can't love anyone unless you don't love yourself you know yeah so it's just baby steps i always say that baby steps baby steps baby steps. that's one thing i say a lot to myself baby steps baby steps everything is yeah. should be just baby steps learning how to rewrite your own history um uh like suicide that's just serious like i've i've been there i felt that you know i used to do i used to do heroin and xanax yeah it was all up in that mind where i done myself up and uh to get out of that and be where I'm at, like the most important thing to me is like knowing that everyone around me is okay. Like I got nephews like that are 17, 18. I never want them to ever go through what I went through, you know? But yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you love yourself. Um, and the reason I ask you this is <laughs> people don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know, like either our experiences from our past or the lack of support you name it, those things were just, dude, loving yourself is so hard. You know, you're just trying to to, to let people know, like, leave me alone. I'm tough. I'm tough. I'm tough. Mm-hmm. How have you learned to love yourself? Being able to open up to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's important. I don't think anyone should be, uh, like, we got this, uh, like, even with my father, like, that, that, or his father, you know. My father's father, it always been tough love, you know. Oh, he, he talked. This is on cool, blah, 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 you know, like. But then um, you learn. Like now, it's me and my brothers. You know, we're the next generation, so we're the mans of the next one. You know. Yeah. And you know, obviously, it's like talk, but you know, you don't like at a point get up and go. You know, because like <laughs> it's it's good that my dad taught us that to be tough when we we're little. You know, but we ain't got to so so tough. You know, yeah. on each other. How do you um, how do you prepare? What are the last things that you're telling yourself right before you go on stage? Before I go on stage, to slapping yourself, I'm the man, I'm the man. Yeah, I start punching the air and stuff. I think the most important like, thing is, is when it? you wake up, though. Yeah, you should look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you don't have to look in the mirror, just inside your heart, just be like, we're good, man. Like, yeah. things could be a lot worse, man. Things could be. So, some people don't really look at what around them and and the grace that they should have for even to be able to have your limbs and or your brain working or just little things you know you know my mom always tells me that like, since I was little mm-hmm. and uh, I think she's been praying on me that's probably why things have been working too your mama was baby doing that huh they be praying on you yeah like I think that 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 I believe in that man yeah. like yeah, my mom was. We weren't really religious growing up, but recently, you know what I'm saying? And it's dope, man. I feel it, you know? Yeah. Well, before we finish, I, I like to ask one or two questions about failure. Yeah. And as a comedian, you almost have to, not necessarily that it is failure, but you have to stumble across testing stuff. How do you define failure and how do you overcome failure? 
tomorrow's a new day it's okay you know um sit and, and ponder on it but don't it's like clouds you know I, uh, I look at failure like clouds the more you look on one cloud you don't really see the other clouds around so you're so focused on that one you know yeah um people don't really uh accept that it's okay it's like oh boom 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 then they beat themselves up like me i beat myself up a lot well a lot before and it was just that little negative little shoulder that's just like ah oh, you did it you know yeah could be anything um i think just tuning it out and just being like it's all right like if we messed up that's okay tomorrow's a new day humans only remember stuff for like a week or two oh, yeah now nowadays with all this technology and stuff. Sure. um but yeah just get back up and get back up and go out there and you know it's okay like people mess up well i know you I believe have the second chances the second chances yeah, yeah. I know you got a show coming up tonight. This isn't going to happen. I'm not going to air it before, but mm -hmm. I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. And again, I got really good vibes from you. I just really want to encur encourage you to keep going. You said a lot of things that make me happy that I that I wish upon people, you know, for them to discover their passion, for people to begin to love themselves more and to have a supportive group around them. Like you have a lot of things that are really rooting for you. And so, um, you know, hopefully one day I can catch one of your shows but but i'm watching you on social and i just yeah. want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing and keep making people laugh and keep developing your craft and and thank you so much for for coming on on the podcast man i really uh enjoyed thank our you. conversation yeah. you want to give a plug or anything to, like to your socials and either way i'm going to put it in the description below yeah but uh, yeah, i mean first of all i, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on here i really appreciate it i want to thank all the viewers that are out here um i just i'm so grateful for all this but yeah pretty much you could guys can find me on instagram it's Rudy vs. Comedy it's for Ventura, but everyone thinks it's versus. So it's Rudy versus Comedy at this point. Um, Facebook, Rudy Ventura. Uh, you can follow me on YouTube. It's called Rudy's Random Time. It's a fun YouTube channel where I hang out with local comedians and I take them out to cook and stuff like that. Um, other than that, yeah, just catch me somewhere sometime. Come say hi. It's always fun, honestly, meeting new go. people. Thank you, man. Yeah. It was great. Thank All you. Right. Guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. I hope you learned something, especially if you want to be a comedian. I hope that Rudy gave you some nuggets that you can use, um, you know, just to find your voice and do your thing. You know, like I always say, man, we'll see you on the next one. Peace out, guys. Bye.